in this episode, we talk about depression, which we know can be a distressing topic. Please check the show notes for more detailed descriptions and take care of yourself. Hi everyone, my name is Moyo. Hi, my name is Tosan and we're the host of Peas in the Podcast, where we have everyday conversations about navigating adulthood, prioritizing community, and wellness. Ready? Ready. Welcome back to another episode. Welcome, welcome. Today's a good one. Um, today's a deep one. Deep, deep, deep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <stressed. Let> <laughs> uh, <laughs> Today we're talking about post-grad depression. Um, I don't know why I said that with so much pep because it's so serious. <laughs> That's what I was like. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, we're talking about post-grad depression. This is a conversation that we've been excited to talk about um, just because it's something that I know a lot of people experience, um, but we don't hear a lot of people talk about their real-life experiences with post-grad depression. So we'll be going into, first, what life at college was like, not in detail, but just enough to give you what our reality was like before that transition. Um, we'll talk about if we prepared for life after graduation or if anything was there to prepare us. Hmm. Um, we'll talk about what that first year after graduation was like, what our biggest struggles were, um, what post-grad that depression is, yeah. um, and how that looks like for us in our personal lives and where we are at now. Yeah. I think it's going to be an interesting conversation. Um, some feelings might come up. Oh, God, I don't want to cry. You're that not going to cry. I don't want to cry. No, 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 no. You know, I told you for the first episode, I may cry. Yeah? So if you get, just ignore it. Pack and it send up. well wishes. I'll just be awkward. I'll be like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like some people can't take other people crying. Yeah. I'll be like, oh, Tassan. Oh, dear, dear. But let's see how it goes. But we'll see. We'll see. Um, But before I get into all of that... I want to touch base with how you've been this past two weeks or these since the last since we last recorded. How have you been? Um, I've been good. Mm-hmm. Um, nothing too, nothing too serious, nothing eventful. I feel like life has just been like almost like stagnant, like just mundane, mm-hmm. like mundane activities. We did have to move out all the furniture in my living room because we had a flood in my condo. Which was with very one difficult, elevator. and with one elevator that's working, um, so we had a flood, and they had to come change our floorings for the for entire week. We had no couch, no everything, because we had to move everything now for them to change that. So that was a little too difficult, but it was fine. Um, we celebrated Toya's birthday. We went to the club, mm-hmm. um, which was <laughs> fun. Um, it also reminded me of guys. I say oh. this every time. I'm old. <laughs> I am really old because. The next day, why did I feel like a truck hit me? I felt good the next day. <laughs> I was tired. I was like, so this is what the young girls do. This is what they do. This is what the young girlies this do. This is what the it's, girlies do. It's not for me. <laughs> it was fun. It was I think fun. I really enjoyed having you there. But it was, next day I was just like, good. I need Advil. I need water. I need everything. <laughs> I'm just exhausted. Um, so that was fine. And I've also been taking my Korean lessons very seriously. Mm-hmm. So from all of you from the first episode that doubted the fact that I was actually learning this language, shame on you. Trilingual. I'm tell multilingual. Sorry. Um, but yeah, that's how my week has been. How's yours? Mine, I would say the same, like mundane. Like I just think trying to work, trying to earn a living. Mm. And 
you know, see where life really takes end me. The living. Yeah, oh, and I'm trying to enjoy life as well, mm. even though it's difficult to enjoy it in this economy. But I'm trying my best. In this weather. In the, don't get me started. Don't get me started. But um, yeah, and I've also been watching re we watch rewatching a Deep show. <laughs> We're watching a show called This Is Us mm. on Netflix. Um, I just have one more season left, but I'm rewatching from like season one because the show is just too good and mm. it's my feel. Like it's very emotional. And even though I'm like right now, I'm currently very emotional. I know I shouldn't really be watching it because I'm like, this could trigger me. I'm still watching it because it's just that good. But yeah. That's me. I've never watched this. I, I remember watching the first couple of episodes. It's too much. It's so good. Please, life is already sad. Why are we still crying more? But then I, I feel like it's very relatable. Mm. I think it's such a relatable show. Maybe one day I'll give it a chance. Or you just have, you just see yourself in like other people. But then when you see yourself in other, in like some of the characters, you're like, damn, I'm kind of broken in it. <laughs> so I do, yeah, no, I recommend um, um Randall is my best character Randall? and Beth. Yeah, Randall and Beth. Um who's Randall? Randall is the um black guy. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Is his name Sterling something? Sterling Knight, yeah. Mm, That's the yeah, actor. Him, yeah. He's really cool. Um, anyways, into the episode. Um, so what we are gonna be talking about first is what life was like at uni. Did we have any expectations of what uni was gonna be like and what was the reality um while we were there? Um, for me, uni was interesting. Mm. Like, I would rate it out of 10, a 6. And I think I'm only rating above it. Above average. Honestly, I'm doing it above average because I went on exchange while I was mm. at uni. Australia. Aussie. For like um, almost Down six months. So, <laughs> Please, ignore my ignorance. <laughs> <laughs> but I was just like, okay, let me. I was going to give you a 5 before, but I was like. Because I went on exchange, I'm doing six. But um, I think expectations, I didn't really have any. Mm. I was just like, the expectations that I have, and my, the ones my parents have for me, is for me to get the best grades possible. And that was just like my main focus. I was laser focused on getting A's and getting a really good GPA. And I was like, once I get it, I'm out. And I'll figure out my life after. And that was not what happened. <laughs> <laughs> like my first, I remember getting like, I think a D wow. or like a C. Like, I don't know, but that's not a grade that I'm, I'm used to. I'm so sorry. Especially I'm, from a Nigerian house. From a Nigerian house. Like, what? And for context, I went to business school. So, like, when I got that, like, B or was it? I can't remember, but the grade was bad and everyone in my year failed. Like, mm. we were below average and they had to, like, bell curve. If you know that word, bell curve, that term. I don't want you to know it because it sucks. Because... If everyone is, let's say, below average, they would have to push the grade like um, some certain percentage so that everyone is at like a B or something. So mm. we're all below Bs and below average. So it was that bad. Um, but anyway, so I was just like, I'm just going into university to get my grades. I was so like, yeah, no, no time for dating, no time for a club, no, nothing, on, none of that. Um, and then reality of my experience, it was a difficult experience. Like I knew uni was going to be hard. I knew business school was going to be difficult, but it was hard. Mm. <laughs> it was harder than what I expected. Mm. And I felt very alone. I just felt like I didn't fit in. I felt very confused. I was like, okay, I'm trying to study, but so many people here are smart. Like mm. from high school, I Especially was like, you went to show like, yeah. 
that's the best business school in Canada, (laughs) just for context. And I was just like, oh, okay, like, I applied to other business schools, and I didn't get in. But then I got into Shilika. I was like, okay, I guess I'm going to go. And I was just like, okay, everyone here is just really smart, very competitive. They're kind of like snaky behaviors as well. Like, people would, you know, you would be studying for an exam, and the next scene, they're like, oh, I actually knew that was, you know, this was going to come out or something, something, something. Like, just very shady behavior. And you're like, ah, wow, okay, this is how it is. No problem. Um, but yeah, and I was also like being, I was juggling a lot of different things because I started working on campus, like in my third year, um, during the summer, all of that. Mm-hmm. So I was juggling that. I was juggling my church. I was pretty involved in my church and a Christian club on campus as well. So just like, this is a lot. And I was like, this life, I'm not sure I like it. And I figured out I had a different like culture <clears throat> shock. That was like, you know how we talked about culture shock? Um, a second layer of it because yeah. I was actually involved with real Canadians and I'm not saying those other people were not um Canadians but they weren't like in my first year in Canada I was in an international high school so most of the people there were international so I didn't really get Canadian culture or anything like that so my second year which was my first year in uni I was just like people here are different they talk a little interesting (laughs) and I was like this is the accent (laughs) this is interesting but yeah um but how was how was uni life for you expectation i don't know if i had much of an expectation because if you listen to our episode on um becoming an immigrant Mm -hmm. i talked about how up until grade 10 i didn't know i was gonna move even by grade 10 i didn't have plans of moving outside of nigeria for school Mm -hmm. um so i never really you know thought what would be uni life like in canada look like i didn't know anyone who had been to canada before um, and a lot of the shows that we watched was also based on very U.S. Um, like based schools and high yeah. schools and stuff like that and universities. So I was unsure whether I would have like what the experience is like in a Nigerian university versus a Canadian university. Um, all I do know is that I remember what I do remember from like the movies I watched, the Hollywood movies, which were based in the U.S. I knew like. A lot of people were excited for uni because it was your first time away from your parents. Um, even though that was not the same for us because we had boarding school in like Nigeria. But for a lot of people, they were excited for uni. It's the first time away from parents. There was a lot about like studying, making lifetime friends, partying, dating. And it was all, university was romanticized in movies. Yeah. Um, so I didn't have too much expectations, but I was like, mm, maybe it'll be similar to what I've seen in the movies. <laughs> Shocker. Shocks. Shock. Er, it was Choke. not. I was. Like, it was what's not going on? the reality for my university experience. If I could rate it out of ten, it would be a seven. It was actually that's, well above. That's a good score. Well above average, and I think that's just because academically I do well in school. Okay, okay, um, smart girl. Girl, and the thing is that like I've never been someone. I'm not naturally smart. I'm not someone who you know, really. Yeah, I'm not. Mm-hmm. I'm not naturally smart. I'm not someone who, you know, you know those kids where they're like, I barely even studied. I'm just going to show for the midterm. <laughs> and then they um, actually pass. And they're like, what the heck? I'm someone that I'm not naturally smart, but something that I trust more than anything in my life, my perseverance and my hard work. Like if I want something, I'm going to work. Even if mm-hmm. it's going to be unhealthy. <laughs> 
even if I'm going to have to be up all night. Like, if I set my mind towards something, um, which is why I've always been good at school, just because I know to get a good grade, you just need to study your ass off, and I can do that. Mm-hmm. Um, so academically, it wasn't too much of a struggle. I remember, though, I did those one class that I failed. And I remember going to the teacher's office. Well, I didn't feel it was a C. Um, and passing nursing school is mm-hmm. um, C+. Plus. Oh. Um, anything below C plus is a fail in nursing school. And I remember I got a C. And I remember going to the teacher's office and sitting on the floor. And I was like, girl, you got to do something for me. Um, but yeah, so school-wise, academic-wise, it was very hard still mm-hmm. because I was pulling all nighters. I was studying a lot. But that was never an issue for me because I was like, this is what you need to do to pass. So I'm yeah. going to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also give it a seven because I met a lot of amazing people mm-hmm. in nursing school. Um, literally some of the best people who made the experience just so much more enjoyable. Um, a lot of my friends were also Canadians, but they were also people of um, color and people of culture. Yeah. Um, I met a lot of like Nigerians and stuff like that. Not a lot, but a few. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we st- stood together and we supported each other throughout the four years. Um, so that made that I remember we lived together in dorm. Then we moved into apartments together. We did all nighters together. I remember our 5 a.m. drive when we got a um, hospital placement in Brampton, but we li- used to live in Barrie. And so oh we wake gosh. up at 5 a.m. to drive to Brampton because our shift started at um, 6 or 6 30 or 7. Or um, more. And it was just so much memories, um, which is why I give it a 7 out of 10. Um, it was harder than high school. But I already just expected that like school's gonna be hard. You just have to yeah, study and everything, same. which is why it was a seven out of ten for me, experience wise. Mm. Aside from the racism and all the, the other, all the other caviar, mm. um, I think it was a seven out of ten for me. That's good. That sounds good. Yeah, I also met like really cool people with like Canadian culture and all mm. that. I was like, oh wow, you're you look like this, but you're Canadian. Like in my head, I for some reason I just thought Canadian equaled white, but mm. yeah, mm. nice. Yeah, and then in terms of just life after uni, when you were thinking about it, how did you prepare? Did you even think about, okay, I'm going to graduate soon, let me prepare myself, or did you even prepare at all? I was so unprepared. (laughs) Nothing could have prepared me for the chaos I was walking into, and which made me realize that the skills I had were very good, which is why my uni rating was 7 out of 10. Because yeah. it was very good to survive uni, not hmm. great to survive real life. That's good. Okay. Talk, she said that's good. That. She said that's good. No, 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 no like that's, that's good. a good... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's a good, like, um, what's it called, comparison. Yeah, like, <laughs> I was so unprepared. It was, one, I did well in school, and all I thought it was just like, I need to graduate, get my degree, and I need to pass my licensing exam mm-hmm. after. I didn't really have a plan of what's going to come next. What's, I graduate, I get my license, I become a nurse. Is that not what's going to be? Exactly. That's what I thought. It was not what it was going to be. A, B, C, Q. And nobody prepared me for what it was going to be like to get an apartment. Like, applying for my, oh my work gosh. permit, paying my rent. Um, and it was so difficult because when I look back, I'm like, is there something that I like any resources that I could have leaned, in, leaned into. Mm-hmm. But I don't think there's anything, looking back, there's nothing that could have prepared me. I was the first to do all this in my immediate like um, nuclear circle. Mm-hmm. I was the first to do everything that I've done in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I could go to my parents and get their advice, but nobody else had been a first-generation immigrant in Canada in a system where they are unaware about. No one else could advise me on, this is what you should do, this is what you should do. Um, if I went to Canadians, they would give me from their Canadian perspective. Yeah, exactly. And then I went to the people that were my support back home. They can't really speak to what the job system is like. They're like, here. you're too, you know, you're too Just apply now. now. Just apply. Just keep applying. Oh my God. <laughs> like, what are you not doing? Is interviewing now? Like, talk it, to. <sighs> it was like nobody could have prepared me. And the people who were in my close knit circle, like my age and my friends, <laughs> we were all going through the, the struggle of it together. together. So I was like, I don't know the <laughs> Blinded. <laughs> Blinded. Um, so I don't think I was prepared. The only thing that I think. I did was like I used to watch like YouTube videos about a day in the life of a new nurse graduate. Hmm. But then also it was so fake. Mm -hmm. It was so romanticized. Oh, romanticized. It It was so glamorous. Yeah. Um, They were like, oh my God, I went to the gym at 4 a.m. I went to um, what's their popular thing? Is it Life? What's the name of that gym? Oh, um, Good Life. Good Life. I went to the gym at 4 a.m. And then I came and I took my dogs for a walk. Um, and then I went to my chefs for sex to sex. And then I drove home on my way home. I stopped at Trader Joe's and I got some. I always wonder if they shower. Ugh. Like from 4 to 6, you work out for like an hour. They, they you do come back to. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> in the videos. Um, the, the, they're night shower people. Um, hmm. on, in the YouTube videos I was watching. Um, and My nose is a little cold. <laughs> and so it was like, oh, okay, so all I just have to do is get an apartment, get a job, and then life will be good. Like, maybe a pet, too. And maybe a pet, and like maybe life will be good, but nothing could have prepared me. I remember there's someone in our life, Dami, a good friend of ours, who graduated first. Mm. Um, and I remember asking her for guidance sometimes, but then she can't tell me anything about healthcare. Because she's yeah. not in healthcare. So she can say, this is what I did that helped me. I don't know if it's going to help you. Yeah. But if you want to try it, you can try it. Yeah. Um, but no guidance at all. Were you prepared? Um, I think, no. I don't think I was prepared. But I don't think certain things came as a shock to me. Mm. If that makes sense. Like I was like, I think looking for an apartment is going to be hard in Toronto mm. during the pandemic. I was like, Panini. what is going on? Um, for me, I think, I don't want to give credit to business school, but I do think they did a decent job with just putting it in our air, in our ear that like networking is important. Your network is important. You have to use them for mm-hmm. lack of a better word. Cause a lot of people did not know that. Like whenever I would go to York university, York university outside of Schulich, they would be like, oh, you like actually network all of that. And I'm like, yeah, like I have a business card, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but actually using those networks, <laughs> no, mm-hmm. I just connected on LinkedIn and they're like, well, 500 people, who am I, who do I know? One, um, like in like, <laughs> yeah, in person, I was just like, no. Um, and I think I was also trying to just read books as well. Like there was one book called Welcome to Adulting. It had different chapters on like friendship, blah, blah, blah. I didn't finish that book. But another book that I was trying to read or that I did finish, um, it's called The Land Between, mm. um, Finding God in Difficult Transitions. And I was trying to get my faith up. And I was like, yeah. 
I think God has helped me through all she of this. She said, look up to the sky. I said, I got to look up to Ja <laughs> because this one, no, I cannot fight it. Because <laughs> I was just like, no, no, no. There's somebody that has to help me and it's not me. <laughs> so <laughs> I was just like, okay, this book is good. Um, a friend recommended it and it was good for like for transitioning from uni to life or just like working and you're now unemployed, like just huge transitioner. Mm transitionary periods so that was kind of helpful but it was also like okay i'm reading all of this how do i put it into practice yeah, that's the um part. and also talking to people who were ahead of me like i shut my a shot at like a mentor and i was like oh let me just Can figure it out life? i was like help me now please <laughs> <laughs> i was like please help me help me um and i was looking up to like people who had walked that same path like like Dami, you mentioned as well. I was like, okay, you were also you went to the same school. You're doing the you're doing something similar. Like, please help me. But at the same time, they can't tell you the details of how they navigated the difficulties. If that makes sense. Mm. Like, if they're going through, um, if you're talking about house hunting, they didn't go through it during a pandemic. Yeah. I did. So what their own their advice might not work for me. Mm. Same thing with like job hunting. Yes, you are both interviewing, but what they're asking you from someone who's from nursing school can be completely different from um, than someone who is in like computer science. Mm. So similar but very different. Um, but yeah, I think I didn't prepare. I just felt like also my years being in Canada as an immigrant, I felt like yeah, I kind of had to look for food to eat by myself at like the age of 16. She says Office. survival. Do you get like, I feel like we already had that survival instinct yeah. from a really young age. So adulting did not come, like it's been a surprise, don't get me wrong, but um, certain things I was not caught off guard, let me put it that way. Yeah. But yeah. Um, with that being said, so the idea is we were both unprepared. Yeah. We say sink or swim. I With <laughs> well, I was threading. Hmm. I had my head up, but my entire body was submerged. You know in water. how to swim. Me, I don't. It's I sunk. <laughs> Drowned. But I would like to know. So we were both unprepared. And then what was the reality of that first year after university? Like, what was your biggest struggle? How was that for you? Okay, so for me, um, for context, again, I went to business school. So Everyone in business school, most people, like 90%, mm. it's like ideal for you to have gotten a job a year before you graduate. So I was set a to graduate. A year? A year. Huh. A year. So I was set to graduate June 2020. And like the, you know, tip, um, most contracts would start September 2020. Mm. So, so ideally, you should have gotten your offer from like your internship from the last summer. So like 2019 summer, you would have gotten an internship and then the companies will invite you to be like a permanent full-time person, September, 2020. Um, there was recruitment season from like September to like October. I went to almost all networking events. This lady, I told me, babes, you know what? This your life story that you want. She said, she's just like, yeah, I think you, should, you need to go and rethink everything. And this was my fourth year. Back to the drawing board. I said, where do I want to start? Like, there's she no She said, go I, and redraw the dream. I, <laughs> I said, said erase what's on the board right now. I can't. Rewrite the story. I thought I can't. No. And she was like, a, she was an employee of that company. She's like, are you new here? Are you, 
I told her, yes. And what is this? And she was like, what are you doing? Like, no, you need to rethink all of this. I'm like, girl, I am, where am I, in my where last year. Where do you want from? me to start? Like, I've done my major. I've taken courses to major in two things. Like, what are you talking about? She was like, yeah, there's no money in there. I was like, eh? What do you mean? Hmm. I cried that day. It, was, it wasn't funny. And then, and I didn't get any job offers. Like, I did everything that I could. I didn't get anything. And then recruitment season um, started again January of 2020. Mm-hmm. And it's not as much like most companies, the companies you want don't really do it in January. Like, they would have come in September and tell you that, yeah, go back to the drawing board, babes. Um, and so I was just like, okay, I don't have a job offer, but I'm working part-time. This is not the job I want to do for the rest of my life. But... I'm getting small change. You get me. And what were you doing part time just for? I was working on campus um in the residence like department mm. of York University. Yeah. So I was like helping out people, like I was helping people move in, like registering them. Like I was basically a receptionist, like yeah. front desk person. Um, so that was cool. And then the panini hit and I was like, oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> Like, he hit in March of 2020, and I was like, oh, okay. Like, what's going on? Mm. Like, my last exams are, like, in April. Like, what do you mean? What's this? And then they're like, okay, your graduation for June is not going to happen. And my university, they were very adamant on ensuring we have an in-person graduation. So they said, okay, we're going to do it in August. I was like, okay. June came, and they're like, um, actually, it doesn't look like things... Yeah, no. And I was like, okay. They said October. I was like, October came, nothing happened. October 2020. October 2020. I was like, this, what's going on? Um, And yeah, all the offers, like some of my friends or some people that I know of, they said that their offers got rescinded. Like they, and so I was like, okay, so we're all in the same boats now. People are trying to figure, like companies are trying to figure out if they should hire more people, if they should onboard more people. They have money. Economy is looking. Everyone is disarray. Toilet papers again are not <laughs> in stock. You are toilet papers. The toilet papers were gone. <laughs> Jeez, I'm like, there's water, bro. Like, what is going on? So I was just like, okay, oh, is this what uni is like? Life after uni. The book I read did not say there will be, be a, a panini, pandemic, a they viral. Said, they didn't touch on that topic. Disease. And I was like, what's this? And I had to wear masks to that work every day. And I was working. So I would go to work just to be alone at work. Like, there was no one. Everyone on campus closed but the residents, obviously, because these are, like, houses. People were still... International students were still living... Because the borders closed. People couldn't go back to their countries. So international students were still living on campus. And who was there to service them? myself i was like this is me myself and i it was giving like you know frontline worker i was a frontline worker basically and i was just like damn this is real because most um domestic students went back home like they went to like well if they if their hometown was like buried they would go back to bury and all of that so that was really difficult i was trying to job hunt Mm. but a lot of people kept saying omg they're so we have so many jobs in canada right now but then I was like, I'm unemployed. I'm trying to. I'm in the Canada. Where I'm, I'm in the pool. I'm, I'm in, in the here. pool. Where I'm looking. What's going on? Because I would go to interviews and I'd be like, oh, you need more experience. And I'm like, I'm trying to get the experience, bro. Like, what, what do you mean I need more experience? I'm entry level. You put entry level on here. And you asked me for five years. Are you crazy? Are you dumb? 
are you okay? Like, it didn't make sense. And I was like, this is not supposed to happen. Like, how am I supposed to get this experience um, with resume writing? People are like, put your resume this way. Another person will see it and like, actually, it should be this way. I was like, and some people are like, cover letter. I'm like, cover what? I'm not covering anything. I didn't do she any said, cover I'm letter. I'm not covering I said, anything. You don't, you don't got to know anything. So like, jobs like that, I was like, I'm not applying. Because I was at work and I'm like, okay, I have to look here, apply for jobs at work as well. And I'll come back and I'll be exhausted and I'll be sad and tired. So I was like, okay, let me try and reach out to my, to someone to help me. So I reached out to someone who went to the same uni. This is where my mentor comes in. And I was like, do, do you want to mentor me? Like, please help me, help me. So yeah, um, and that happened as well. And then my biggest struggle was job hunting, as you can tell <laughs> from this passion. <laughs> and finance as well, because I had credit card debts. <laughs> and I was like... I want to pay it off myself because I got myself into this mess and I want to pay it off myself. So I didn't ask my parents. They didn't know. Um, it was also like Nigeria pandemic. I was like, let me not disturb them because that's a different... That's a different experience. Like a different experience. Exchange rate was... A lot of things. I was like, how am I really going to navigate this? And now I do think my biggest struggle is still career-based, like mm. focused... Because I don't think I've I've not nailed that yet. Being in all honesty, like what two years after grad, I still feel like I'm trying to figure it out with finance. <laughs> I feel like I'm still trying to figure that out. Um, and the money that I started making when I first graduated was it, it's the value is really low right now yeah. in this inflation in the recession. So that makes me think about my the value of my degree as well. Yeah. Like. Is my va- is my degree going to be, you know, useless at some point? It probably will. I think there would be technology that would take over um, some of the things I learned. But yeah, that's me. How about wow, you? Wow, wow, wow! How to was your life in. after? <laughs> I need to take that in. That's a lot to go through. Like, be shout out to the class of twenty twenty. The cl- yeah, shout out to the class of twenty twenty because just putting all that work to be thrown in yep. at that time is t- difficult. All the people that graduated during the pandemic, rough. The, my life, eh, I was just like, this is really it. They want me to graduate through a screen. My university didn't even give me the option. <laughs> if you graduated in 2020, please let us know. Um, shout out to you. For me, I graduated the year before 2019. Mm-hmm. And my first year after university, hmm, Tell me. They can't even write it into a book. It will. <laughs> it can't be a book. You can't write it. Because even the book will traumatize people. It was <gasps> so difficult. It was rough. Um, I think I had a very different experience because usually when people graduate, they you get your degree, you walk across the stage, you apply for jobs. Mm-hmm. Like after that graduation day, you're eligible to apply for jobs within the role of the degree that you and a work um, permit as know, well. Yeah. But with me, I was in a profession where the degree was just a step forward, but didn't give you, my degree doesn't give me the right to practice as a nurse. Yeah. You still have to write a licensing exam. So I was in that stage where I had graduated mm-hmm. and I walked out the stage and everybody told me congratulations in school, but I was still studying every day. <laughs> And so it felt very weird because I was studying for the licensing exam, which was, um, which is known as NCLEX, is a nursing licensing exam. Um, and the licensing exam, the 
exam is testing you on everything you've learned in four years. Damn. So you know how when you do your first year, you kind of write mm-hmm. your exam there and then you move into the It's topics. over. I can't remember. You're having to recall everything you've learned the entire four years. So it was a lot of studying. I was studying literally four years worth of content. Um, and usually it's best to write the exam as soon after school because you're still in that school groove. A lot of the things that you learn in school is still yeah. a little fresh in your head. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of my classmates um, wrote the exam right off the bat. I didn't. I was like, I know myself. I need <laughs> um, two months to study. And so it took me, I scheduled my exam. So I graduated June 2019, scheduled my exam for August um, 2019. Yeah. And those two months of studying, studying, like I mentioned before, it's not been something that's been too difficult. Yeah. But I understood the pressure that came with this particular exam. Mm. Because now my parents have spent so much, God bless you, my parents so much for putting me through school. They've put so much resources into me getting this degree I cannot fail this exam. And even if I fail it, like, you can rewrite it, but the exam was also not free. You had to pay for it. (laughs) These thieves. (laughs) They said in order to get, to even enter the the exam hall. Yeah. You gotta pay. You had to write two exams. One was about, like, it's called uh, jurisprudence. It was more about, like, legality of nursing. Mm -hmm. Um, That one I wrote it right soon after school. And then the major one, um, I was studying, and in this period of studying for school, so it was two months after graduation, I developed severe anxiety. Mm-hmm. Like, I was unable to sleep during this period, and that anxiety went from more of a mental thing. I started developing into physical symptoms, so I started having severe acid reflux. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if what if you know what acid reflux is. This is when um, sometimes it can be stress-induced when your gastric content in your stomach, yeah. so your stomach fluid is backing up into your esophagus. Mm. Um, so your throat and yeah. burning your chest. So you get oh that burning finish, which is where people say, oh, I'm experiencing heartburn. Yeah. It was so bad that I had to be medicated while I was studying. It was so bad that I could not <sighs> sleep lying down. Oh, mom. Um, so I had to be sleeping, um, either propped up or like sitting up. That's how stressed I was. I was like, my parents have put so much work. This mm-hmm. exam is such a big deal. And I don't know why I was putting that much pressure on myself, um, but it just felt like my whole world. But what is weird, though, mm-hmm. was that although I was distressed, I was also feeling a lot of relief during like, this period. Uh, how? Because From where? I didn't get bothered about how's job hunting going. Because everybody's oh. like, oh, she's, she prepared for exam. Don't yeah. stop her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She can't get Fair. a job here. So mm-hmm. it was also... When all my f- friends, like, I was watching the people that I graduated through, like, you, right after graduation, mm-hmm. like, oh, Moyo, when are you interviewing? How's your interview going? Yeah. I didn't get all those questions because I could just say, well, I, I need the license first. Yeah, I need the license first. <laughs> I prepare for my exam. Yeah. Um, and so that was my response to everything. Like, it put my parents off my back. Nobody, they're just like, leave to Sunday alone. She's studying. She's studying. <laughs> and I was like, oh, my God, this studying is giving me so much stress. But I... I I don't want it to end because I don't want the reality of like job hunting. Now I have to get a job. Like, what can I just study forever? <laughs> because this is something I'm used to, like mm-hmm. studying. I'm used to studying. Um, and so that was that. A lot of my friends ended up passing their exams pretty quickly. They got a job. They didn't have to go through the. A lot of them were Canadians, so they didn't have to go through the process of also applying for a work permit career, and yeah. all of that. And so it just felt like everyone moved pretty quickly, and I was left behind. Mm-hmm. Um. And that was also very tough. Um, but that's majority of my first year. It was just, I didn't get a job until about, 
So I graduated in June. Hmm. I got my first nursing job in February 2020. So that's how hmm. many months? Almost like eight. Eight months after graduating. Is when I, I got my work permit in October, which is when I could officially start putting like job Vim into yeah. my job applications. Yeah. And I got my job in February 2020. And that 2019 was... But still, that's still like four months before you got your first job. Yeah. Or more. So since I graduated, it took me about eight months to be able to be like, I did my interviews. I remember going to fairs with you um, <laughs> to submit my um, resumes. Yeah. Um, and it, so it took me eight months after graduating to get my job. And those eight months were just rough from passing the exam to feeling like I was in limbo waiting for my work permits to mm-hmm. then being able to apply and then get a job. But yeah. And that sounds like a lot Maggie dear it sounds like that's why I say it can't be written to the if you could put it in one word what would be the main struggle the main struggle for me was feeling like feeling left behind I Mm. feel like I was just in a waiting period Mm. like yes studying for the NCLEX was hard but like I told you like with with studying I don't really put studying into a struggle because I'm like, I got to do what's got to be done. Like, I'm going to study. <laughs> I'm going to pass. Like, that's how I feel about studying. Yeah. Um, but, like, just feeling like, oh, my God, I don't know what's happening. Nobody can guide me on what's happening. Yeah. Um, okay, so I can't apply, but I'm waiting for my work permit. Yeah. And then I get my work permit. It's like, okay, what am but I doing it, now? Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, you're going to say something? Yeah, there were also, like, if you do apply... Um, for a work premiere, you haven't gotten anything yet. It's like implied status. Yeah. So you can start applying for jobs, but the employers will be like, well, where's your work permit? Where's your work permit? It's yeah. so confusing. Yeah. Um. So that was, that was that. Yeah. But it does sound like a lot. I feel like we both had difficult experiences. We were just trying to navigate, like try to figure it out yeah. one day at a time. But at the same time, having what physical reactions and mental um, reactions to all of this. But if you could coin the word like if you could explain or define the word post-grad depression what is that and how did it look for you specifically when did you know you started experiencing that and how did you even navigate through all of that so when it comes to post-grad depression first like I don't think that's a word that I use frequently like especially in 2019 I don't Mm -hmm. think I was just going around saying I'm experiencing post-grad depression um just because that wasn't a word that I had coin for what I was going through I was very well aware of depression mm-hmm. um, and I was very well aware especially for someone who did a whole like course and like semesters on mental health um, I was like hmm Tilson you are seeming a little depressed mm. um, or you seem like you're going through um, depressive episodes yeah. um, but so I was well aware that I was depressed and in those moments but it wasn't something that was like oh I'm going through post-grad depression um, I think coining the term now is more retrospective in knowing what postgrad depression is. Um, and I wanted to like share what I define as postgrad depression anyways. Um, so I got this definition from like Healthline. Um, and this is a state of depression triggered by transitioning out of college into the real world. It is characterized by guilt, shame, self-loathing, um, cynicism, irritation, difficulty feeling pleasure, hopelessness, lack of motivation, change in appetite, um, sleep issues, and brain fog. I hope I didn't butcher that because, y'all, I'm dyslexic. That was Um, a lot. (laughs) But, yeah, so that's the official... um, And so this is literally just depressive 
episodes of mm-hmm. depression that's triggered by that transition out of university into the real world. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I think now looking back in 2019, 2019 was a pretty, pretty dark year for me, especially after graduating. And it's even still something that I am currently still processing. It's something mm-hmm. that I am still coming out of. So I don't even know if I feel comfortable into going into all the details of the true depression <laughs> depression and depressive state I was in 2019. Yeah. Um, but I did want to share some of the things I do feel comfortable sharing about um, of what post-grad depression was like for me and some of the symptoms, especially three major symptoms that I felt within those years. 2019, even not just 2019, but 2019 moving forward. Um, the first one was I felt a lot of guilt and shame. Mm. Um, especially being an immigrant who, and I'm going to say this a thousand times, and I know my parents are listening. I love you guys so much. <laughs> I like I love my parents so much, especially parents who literally break, who have broken their backs yeah. to put me through school. Like I literally graduated university without any debt. Mm. Um, my parents have had to support me financially. So after graduating, it was always, my, especially my dad. My dad would say, I'm looking forward to she graduates so I don't have to pay her rent yeah. anymore. And that was something that was said lightheartedly. Um, but it's something that weighed heavy on me when I graduated. It's been two months. It's been three months. It's been four months. And my dad is still having, and my parents in general, are still having to support me. Yeah. I felt a lot of guilt with that, I felt like a burden, and I'm like, oh my god, like why can't you freaking get your act together? And even though there were a lot of things that were not within my power, mm-hmm. um, I just felt like, and I was very aware how privileged I was because I'm like, my parents are never requiring me to get like a part time job. Mm. My dad keeps saying it's okay, it's okay, just keep focus your time on like going for interviews and all these things. You don't need a part time job. I'll keep supporting you, but there was a lot of guilt and shame. And I felt with that, like, people from back home would ask me, ah, didn't Tosan graduate in 2019? What is she doing now? <laughs> and my mom would be like, oh, she's still job hunting. And I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, my God, there was so much shame in that, especially also because a lot of my friends had gotten jobs. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I would see them post about their new jobs and everything. And I was just like, I'm here sitting in my house. Yeah, I have nothing. Writing to, like, the 15th cover letter. Evo. <laughs> said, I'm not covering anything. Um, so guilt and shame was the first thing I felt. Um... I remember feeling very incompetent. Hmm. And for someone, and I will unpack this in maybe a later, later episode, but as someone who is an overachiever, and I've been talking about it, and I've kind of been hinting to it throughout this episode, school was, as, especially being an overachiever, school was kind of straight to the point. School was you study, you work your ass off, you get good grades. No, that's like it was literally what? So that's so interesting. And don't get I me wrong, this a is a lot of people like not everyone would see it that way. And obviously, I'm saying this, this is not taking into consideration the people that have learning disabilities mm-hmm. and other mm-hmm. things that it's just more than hard work that takes mm-hmm. for them to understand. But for me, it was just like I know even if I'm gonna have to be up all night studying, even though I'm gonna have to be up all night um writing this paper, I know if I do this and be able to get that aid I want to get. But I felt very incompetent because this was also one of the first time in my life 
that my hard work did not equal yeah. reward. Mm-hmm. It was like, oh, no, in as an adult in real life, sometimes hard work doesn't cut it. And it's like no one cares about those grades. No one cares about your grades. Your ha- Sometimes you, it's not your hard work that will get you to where you need to be. It's the people that you know that will get you there. Period. And so fortunately, as, as a adult, I was like, oh, I feel very incompetent. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't have the skills to survive. Mm-hmm. I had the skills to survive in uni, mm-hmm. but I don't have the skills to survive as an adult. And with someone being an overachiever, that was a life crisis for me. Because like, oh, you're... You thought you were the shit, but you're not really you're her. Not. <laughs> you're not that girl. <laughs> That's so um, and so that was another thing that I felt. And the last thing that I think I'm comfortable sharing right now is just how lonely I felt, too. Mm-hmm. Um, I started to lose contact with a lot of my uni friends mm-hmm. because they... A lot of people either moved back home, they got jobs that they had to move to different like provinces. Um, a lot of my uni friends, because they were born and raised here, they have other friends that were outside their uni life that they reconnected with, like high school friends and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. it just seemed like they all returned back to their life before uni. Mm-hmm. And me, the little immigrant kid, yeah. was left without... And this is not their fault, not to blame them, because I've already spoken so highly of these people. They're amazing people. It's just that, like, you're in uni, which is when we talked about, um, if you remember when we talked about our episode on friendship. Mm-hmm. In uni, you kind of have to make friends because, like, these are the people that you stuck with. But yeah. all these people, before they came here, they had a life mm-hmm. outside of university. And it seemed like everyone returned to that. And I was left trying to figure out, oh, shit, I'm here alone. Like, I need to find my yeah, own community and stuff yeah. like that. Um, so that was that. And then those symptoms that I was experiencing at the times were all signs of being depressed. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember, yeah, I don't want to go too deep into it, but it was just rough in 2019. And then I transitioned into 2020. I finally got a job. Yay. I was like, woo Love to see it. I got a job. I was like, oh, my God, I'm excited. This is what I've been working on. Um, maybe this will bring me out of this depressive episode. February 2020, I got my job. March 2020. COVID. COVID. And so I started my career in healthcare in the worst possible time to be in healthcare. Literally. I remember I got a job and I was working in the complex continuing care unit. Um, it was just for patients with like neurological um, and respiratory complications. And I was so excited. And I'm like, it seems a little calm. And then literally two, a month into me working on that unit, they're like, oh, yeah, we have to transfer all these patients out. They need space in the ICU. We need space to move ICU, um, stable ICU patients. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've never worked in intensive care before. I was just thrown into this. And I had to learn. I remember having to learn a lot of new skills. Um, I had to deal with like a lot of death. I was dealing with like working long hours. I started working night shift. And so I was barely seeing any of my friends because everyone was living a normal life being awake in the day, but I was sleeping during the day because I was working mm-hmm. night shift. Um, yeah, so spending my first year, it was just so difficult um, and like paying my rent and everything. And so now looking back, I was like, oh no, I was definitely depressed. Mm-hmm. And did I navigate everything that I was going through? Well, nope. <laughs> I did not. I did go to therapy for like seven months and I was like, girl, 
this money is a lot. I can't afford this. I was like, you are helping me, but every time you take the money, it makes me more depressed. Yeah. So I have to stop. So I went to therapy for like seven months, um, which was very helpful. And I, I'm a champion for therapy. Please, if you can afford it. Um, but at that time, I couldn't. Mm. So I turned into like stress eating, self-destruction. I gained so much weight during the pandemic. Mm. Like I, I look at my 2019, 2018 pictures. And I was like, damn, like I was stress eating a lot, mm-hmm. especially because I was working night shifts. I was eating a lot during like odd hours. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's when I realized like, oh, well, this is postpartum. Um, first postpartum, <laughs> post grad, post grad depression, post grad depression. Mm. Um, and wasn't well, that yeah. also the time when you know you were really involved with the church in 2019? Yeah, I was really, I, I was, I started getting really involved with the church because I was like, especially in 2019, because I was like, this is getting so dark, mm-hmm. and I'm genuinely getting scared for my life. I need to find something to pull me out of this and I still got into the church community for us to go into and they said you know what I'm taking that away from you yeah for us to go into the pandemic and that was ripped right from underneath me but yeah what if you what was wait now let me unpack you that was a lot <laughs> <laughs> that was kind of a lot like, hold on a minute hold up you're Pump not gonna brakes. speed past like what you just had um that was a lot That's like a lot, I know and even, ah, which is guilt. what I'm saying, like, and that's a lot. As a Nigerian immigrant, as a Nigerian child, that's a lot. Yeah. But yeah, I just want to acknowledge that. I feel seen. Thank no. you. <laughs> Creating space for that. Um, yeah, no, for me, uh, where do I start? I think, again, like I mentioned, I felt like I didn't have time to breathe after uni or like during uni. Um, we went to pandemic. And then I just, like, I was still at work. I was still working. I was the only person. And then I was like, I have to look for, like, a permanent job as well. I need to apply for my work permit. And most people's, like, work permit, it typically takes around, like, two to three months, I think, Mm. for it to get to you. Mine took. So I was like, okay, during the two to three months, I would, like, job hunt. But I can at least rest a little. I can try to figure out some things. I can transition, basically. Mm. Mine took two days. I'm not even kidding. Like, I got, I applied one week. The next week, I got it. And it basically said, like, oh, submitted, like, on the website, it said submitted, like, June 9th or something. And then only for me to go to the mailbox. And it was, like, approved, like, on the 11th. And I was like, no, no, I do not want to start job hunting. Because it means, like, you know, your time starts now. now yeah. Like, I, there's no excuse anymore. You can't say I, I'm waiting for my work permit. Literally. So I was like. Oh, damn. So, like, I had... And you have three years. Like, if anyone knows, like, if you have a work permit in Canada, a PGWP, it's like you are you have a clock and it's yeah. ticking. And you need to get a job that has PR, blah, 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 blah. So, I was just like, damn, okay, my time is ticking. It starts now from June. Because I was really like, oh, it's coming August. So, I can start maybe in August, September. It started at June. And I was like, oh, no. Like, I need to do this now. Um, so, I started job hunting as much as I could. But I also felt a lot of anxiety because I first let me I don't think I I don't know if I struggled with post grad depression. Maybe as I talk, we'll be mm-hmm. like, oh, maybe you did. But I think I was just very like I was like, this is why I have this is these are the obstacles in front of me and I have to figure out how to 
like get them away. I need mm. to jump over this hurdle and I need to get a job ASAP because this is what is required of me. I am a graduate from Schulich. It is expected that I have a good paying job and a specific type of job as well. Like I can't just have any type of job. There's like, there's just stigma to Schulich students. Exactly. Like to the Schulich experience, like you have to either be an accountant, like, and Schulich itself is a very, um, accounting folk, accounting and folk, um, sorry, accounting and finance school. Mm. So most people were going into those fields and I've like, I took courses in them and I was like, um, I don't, I don't think I'm a sugar girl. <laughs> like, I don't think I want those fields. I don't want to go into those fields. Um, so it was a lot of like anxiety because I was like the field that I want to go into, they don't, I don't think I'm good enough for it. Mm. So a lot of self-loathing as well. I remember having a lot of mood swings, like, I remember there was a time when we were supposed to hang out like at your place and I just like Oh my god, I remember this. Like twice. Can we talk about this for a second? No. (laughs) (laughs) I just kind of blew up. Yeah, I can talk about it. No, like I it was very interesting for our friendship because I didn't know you to be someone with a short fuse. Mm. And so to see you explode like that was just like hmm. And I felt so vulnerable. Like I remember seeing you see me that way and I was like, oh no. She's seen it, but she's seen a flaw. She's seen my flaw, and I don't want her to see that. And I was just like, "Crap! Why have I allowed this to happen? She's gonna think I'm a I'm a stupid girl." <laughs> so I was just like, "Why am I exploding?" Like I was so sad. I was so upset with like life. I was trying to figure out work. I was trying to figure out job hunting. Trying to interview well, only for people to be like, "No, oh, you don't even hear back." Not even saying, "Oh no, we moved ahead to someone else." You don't hear that. Hear back. Period. Um, yeah. And I also had parents who were in Nigeria and they're like, are you sure you don't want to go into accounting? Are you sure you don't want to do masters? I'm like, what do you mean masters? I already applied for my PGWP. Like I have this work permit now. I need to maximize and make use of it as much as I can. Um, and then I also just had a lot of guilt and like just pressure from myself. Mm. Cause I was like, I need to figure out my life. I need, cause people in my year, it felt like friends just sort of went to like, for lack of a better word, like I felt my uni friends, my friends from, um, like even outside of Schulich, but still on campus, I just felt like I didn't have anyone. It felt like I was the only one in the journey mm. and I was trying to swim, but I couldn't come up. Like my best friend got stuck in Nigeria. I didn't, I didn't know how to share my own problems without feeling like I was a burden or being insensitive to what she was going through as well. Mm. So I was like, this is something I'm not the first to graduate. I'm not the first to look for a job. I will be able to, I need to figure this out. Um, but yeah, I felt a lot of, um, like the way I navigated through it was very unhealthy. Like I remember always, just eating a bunch of snacks at odd hours. I was like, let me eat this. Oh, new snack. Let me try this. Like I was trying everything and anything and it wasn't good on me. Like I, and the thing is I also struggled with a lot of body image issues before. And that just like escalated. I was like, I hate what I look like in the mirror period. Um, and I also, I think, maybe the healthy ish part was that I tried going on walks with one of my friends who lived close by. Mm. And so I would go on walks with her and I would just tell her everything that was going on. And she, she was going through 
almost basically the same thing. So it was just like the blind leading the blind. Who above me could help me? Um, but I did try praying because I literally felt like there was nothing else I could do within my own power. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that's when like I tried to pray as much as I could. And even if I couldn't like pray consistently, I was still like, this is the little that I can give right now. And I genuinely feel like you have to be a father to me. Like God has to be a father and take care of me because I kind of take care of myself. I don't know where next I'm like where I'm going to live because my lease was going to end as well. I was like, I need to find a place because they are kicking me out of here. And in order for you to even start house hunting, you need to prove they don't really like um, renting out to what's it called? Like, like people on work permits, yeah. on students, people who don't you have like jobs. Pay stubs and all the you stuff. You need pay stubs. You need to um, you need to provide. You need to give them confidence that you like pay your rent exactly. And, like and I had none of that, so I was like, "What's gonna?" It's just a lot. Um, but yeah, so I think I just tried. I took it one day at a time. There were days that are better than others, but yeah, I don't think I handled it well, and I don't think anyone really does. But yeah. That was me. <laughs> wow. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Okbo. Okbo, really. <laughs> it's a lot. Yeah. Um, I just want to say first that I feel like, well, we've been going through this entire spell. And I think we didn't say that in the beginning, but I will put it when I'm editing. Mm-hmm. I'm going to put a trigger warning in front of this episode. True. Because it is a lot. And if you're also at this point still listening to us and you feel like, oh my God, I experienced the same thing, please share with us. Because the point of sharing this story is for people not to feel isolated in this experience. Yeah. Um, come to our Instagram, come to our, if you don't feel comfortable sharing in our comments, come to our DMs, come talk yeah. with us. Um, let us know what helped you. If you're still going through this, let us know if you want us to share um, any advice that we might have Seeing like we can see your story and be like, oh my God, we went through that just because it's so mm-hmm. hard to go through everything into detail in this episode. Um, Moya, you went through a lot. Um, and I am so glad that you continue to push through everything. And I just hope that you see your strength. Um, and the way you made me feel seen, um, I hope that <laughs> you know that we are like all proud of you, like listening to you. I'm story G, too. stop it. <laughs> But, um, yeah, so I think we'll just end this with what is our final thought? Um, where are we now? Um, and are we currently where we expected to be after graduating? Okay, so for me, I think where am I now? I'm at a much better place. I have a job. I have switched jobs. I have switched careers. And I'm still trying to figure out my career, to be mm-hmm. very honest. I don't think I've landed at a place where I'm like I'm content and this is what I want and I'm going to do this for like what the next 20 years I haven't reached that point yet um and I may never I don't know (laughs) like I do want to eventually be at a place where um I guess I'm laser focused focused on it but right now I haven't Mm. um and I want to take advantage of my youth I am still young and I can still try different things to figure out what I actually like and what I don't. So that leads me to my final thoughts. Like I do think um, people are people going through post grad depression are in a space where, you know, you are young and you're able to 
take different opportunities. You're you're able to try different things. It could look very hard for you to even like be like, oh, there are actually opportunities out here right now. Mm. But you can use that this opportunity to maybe start a blog post or oh, sorry, not a blog post, like a a blog mm. or start your own podcast or start like a creative outlet to help you through that. Um, but I do want to say that post-grad depression is real. It's and really I think real. it's important to surround yourself with people who can always help you to like boost your confidence. Because mm. there's always going to like the amount of jobs that I apply to and the amount of people who actually go back to me, the disparity is insane it's like one percent like very low Mm. so i think it's important to because that kind of thing can just make your confidence go to the amount of rejection like dealing with that exactly you're just like i'm not good enough blah blah blah. so when you have people around you who then remind you of the the reality of job hunting then you're like okay i don't suck we all the the system sucks Mm. exactly it's not me it's the system so i think it's important to always remember that it's not your fault it's the way the world has been set up it's been set up that, um, unfortunately, networking and nepotism get you in doors that wouldn't necessarily be open. Mm. Um, but yeah, and I do think I'm not at a place. Like, for me, I, I don't like think about, oh, the next five years. Maybe I should. But for me, two years ago, I wasn't thinking about where I would be two years from like 2020. Yeah. I was just like, job hunting. Is I just the, need to get a job. I just need to jump this hurdle. And I didn't have time to dream. Like, I genuinely, even from, like, my first year in uni, I didn't dream about, like, what would I look like. I was just, like, I see corporates. And that's what I want to be. So, I am in that corporate era. So, that's, like, She's the like only thing. like, corporate body. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I mean. But what about you? Um, I, I think I echo everything that you said. Um, one thing that I will say is navigating like adulthood which is why we're even having this podcast in the first place it's just difficult in in its own um thinking about where i was in 2019 and where i'm at now i still feel like i am just as lost Mm -hmm. but i'm not as depressed Mm. um and it's taken a little hard work to take me out of that depressive cycle um and one of that one is the amount of time that i sought like therapy Mm. so i highly highly recommend if you are feeling like you're going through postgraduate depression please or any form of depression please seek professional help it is if you can afford it um if you can i know there are a lot of people that do also like student discounts and stuff like that yeah um seek professional help as much as you can um it's very helpful um i think that removing my identity from my career was a big thing that freed me from that depressive state hmm. and i won't say free because i don't know if the shackles are unlocked <laughs> shackles <laughs> on my things so i can dance Ooh, uh, i, I just, just want to praise them <laughs> that was a bad key i just i don't know why i did that but um yeah so i was thinking like removing my identity from my career was a big thing for me mm-hmm. um like my job is not who I am. Mm-hmm. My job is a resource to be able to um, afford like living on this earth. Yeah. Um, it can also be an outlet to be able to create change, but it has, it doesn't say too much about who I am. My job is not who I am. Um, what I do at my job 
is not my, I don't have to make that my identity. Yeah. And finding my identity in other things really helped me dealing with that. Mm-hmm. Finding creative outlets, like you mentioned, like that's when I started the Latibu. The Latibu, yeah. Was born in this Take time. Take up all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and just finding out who I am and like building a relationship with myself and getting stronger in who I am. So this job cycle and like corporate America doesn't break me and make Mm. me forget that. That was really helpful. Um, getting a strong support system, um, is something that can be really helpful. But yeah, so I think there's a few things that I've done that's been, that's helped me live that depressive era and depressive state. Mm. With that being said, I still think I am still as lost as I was then. That was just three years ago. Mm. Um, I still feel like with my career, I'm still unsure. I am very, very sure of how passionate I am in health and like healthcare. Mm -hmm. But I also feel low-key sad because it's been three years. You're like, oh, give it some time, give it some time. But I'm starting to get to a place where I'm like, is nursing for me? (laughs) Um, And which is scary to even say that out loud because of the amount of resources yeah. and money mm-hmm. and effort that is taking me to get here now I, d- I it's not just for me anymore wow it's almost like you want to force it you're like no no no, no it like, got to be for me it, it gotta work <laughs> um but yeah so like figuring that so i think i'm still as lost um but i think yeah i'm not just as depressed as i was then mm. um I'm currently just enjoying the process of like finding myself and like even, and I know this is cheesy and everyone says it, but like enjoying this lost season and like figuring mm. out, oh, okay, yeah, I'm lost. And in that, I guess, loss, mm-hmm. finding myself like, oh, I like to do this. I like to podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, I like to write. You like um, to learn different languages. Yeah, oh, yeah. I've been enjoying like, oh, who would have known? Tosan likes working out. Mm-hmm. fun <laughs> oh like i like to hang with my friends and like mm-hmm. i'm finding different things about my personality and i feel like trying to form a different identity like my identity the more i get stronger my identity the harder it is for systems and like corporate to break the identity and put yeah. me into that state of depression that i felt and now don't get me wrong this is specifically to post-grad depression because there's other things in life generally that can make you depressed. Yeah. Um, but when it comes to what I was experiencing post-grad, um, very specific to that transition period, mm-hmm. um, this is where I'm at. Is this where I thought I'll be after I graduated? No, I thought I'll be working in the hospital. Mm-hmm. I thought I will be, you know, the ICU girly or the eMERGE girly. Mm-hmm. Um, and now I'm currently working in the clinic, which is not something that I even envisioned. Mm. when I graduated. But we'll see. The story, we're still writing it. We're still writing. We'll see where it's it ends. It's a long book. We'll see where it ends, but mm. um, that's where I'm at right now. Mm. I think what really stood out to me was how you mentioned just separating your identity from your work, mm. like your career, and like seeing that Tosan at work is not, that that's not all there is yeah. to yourself. You are a way more complex human being mm-hmm. and that is completely fine uh, yeah. um and work is just a tiny aspect into all of that so i think that's really important because for me i still think because you know if you're really lost in career people could be like oh my gosh i'm lost in career because i'm lost in career i'm lost for life like, I'm lost like my entire no life. you have this you have different aspects it is a of big yourself. aspect of it's life huge... because it's required to, for survival yes exactly but um, at the same time you're like okay i don't like my job 
but what are the other things about myself and my life about my life that I like and you have to think about that and at least hold on to that even when your career Mm. is kind of going to shit but um but yeah I do I think this conversation was a lot. <laughs> I please, think please take if you need multiple times to like digest sections and digest this episode, we do not take any offense. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. Yeah, but we have come to the end of this episode. I think it was a very heavy one. If you do want to talk to if you do think you're going through postgrad depression, you're not alone. Um it's something that happens to a lot of people and it's completely normal so i don't want you to fault yourself for that but yeah um where can they find us as always you can always find us on instagram mm-hmm. um we are peas in a podcast at tm on instagram um we'll be hoping after this episode to hopefully maybe even share like resources yeah. for people to access like professional help or something like that yeah um this is also the best way to communicate with us and like be part of our community engage we're always there and talking and laughing Mm -hmm. so be part of that amazing community you can always find us on spotify and apple Podcasts at peace in the podcast don't forget to share the episode um leave a rating leave Mm -hmm. a review let us know what you love um Share with your friends and family. If there's anyone that you know who's about to graduate. Share with or, them. Or who has graduated and has gone mm-hmm. through this. Or who has gone through this far years behind. But you want to let them know that like, you know what? Your experience was valid. And I know you shared with me this. Um, this with me. And this is um, someone else who's also experienced this. Like, share with everyone. Um, and we hope you enjoyed the episode. Um, yeah. yeah. We'll see you in the next episode love and light and also fire and brimstone this was heavy (laughs) indeed fire and brimstone bye everyone bye